Welcome to the Ghost Rap Podcast. It's fast, it's fun, it's informative. This is your weekly dose of the news that matters on the markets with your host, the Finance Ghost. For more details on these stories and to make sure you get daily updates, visit ghostmail.co.za. The Ghost Rap Podcast is proudly brought to you by Mazars, a leading international audit, tax and advisory firm with a national footprint within South Africa. Take a bow, Bell Equipment. The company released a trading statement for the year ending December, which is a long way away still, so talk about a vote of confidence in the operations. Headline earnings per share will be at least 750 cents this year, which means a jump of at least 59% year on year. Now, those words at least are probably very important here, and the market certainly seems to think so, with the share price shooting higher, perhaps in anticipation of a number quite a bit bigger than 750 cents. Bell has been at a low multiple for as long as I can remember, and technically it still is at a low earnings multiple. This is a highly cyclical business though, so just be cautious of that. It's very easy for a multiple to always be low, so the share price can still track the earnings higher or lower, regardless of the level of the valuation multiple. This is exactly how people get burnt, by buying mining houses at low trailing multiples. Now, Bell sits further up in the mining value chain, and that's definitely a good thing here in terms of diversification which is perhaps why people are still piling in despite the huge jump in the share price. We need to look at MTN's group results, as the volatility in this share price means that keen market punters are always keeping an eye on it. Without volatility, you cannot make any money in the markets. MTN has perhaps settled in the 90s now, flirting with dropping below 90 rand a share, but settling in the mid-90s after the release of results. We knew that reported numbers would be worse than constant currency numbers because the precursor to group results is always the release of numbers by the African subsidiaries and there are huge issues there with Forex. If we look just at the latest quarter, EBITDA fell by 13.8% as reported, but it increased 6.2% in constant currency, so there you can see the large impact of African currency weakness. Over 9 months, EBITDA fell 2.8% as reported and grew 11.2% in constant currency. The South African business doesn't have the forex problem, but it isn't exactly high growth either, with local service revenue up just 4.1%. That's below inflation, but it is at least an improvement on the growth rate in the preceding quarters. I remain nervous of MTN at the moment, particularly given the vulnerability of emerging markets currencies in this environment. The retail industry is difficult and supplying retailers is just as hard, if not worse. AVI has given an update on conditions in the first quarter of the new financial year, noting revenue growth of 5.2% year-on-year. That is barely in line with inflation, with INJ struggling with poor catch rates and an unfavorable sales mix. The company is firmly focused on protecting its margins and seems to be doing that pretty well, with operating profit margin expanding. This means that operating profit grew by more than revenue growth, so at least by 5.2%. The Hake long-term rights allocation process is over at least, with INJ's quota showing a final reduction of around 5% relative to the rights it held before the process began in 2020. Truewoods is unfortunately going backwards in South Africa, evidenced by same-store sales contracting by 2.2%. It's actually worse than you think, because inflation was 9%, and this means that local volumes fell by double digits, another clear example of how much pressure South African consumers are under right now. Online sales did grow at least, up by 41%, and contributing 4.7% to TrueWids Africa's total sales. The UK was the star of this show, with Office up 18.9% in pounds and 38.8% in rands. Online sales in the UK are 45% of total sales, showing how much more popular online sales are in the UK than in South Africa. 
I continue to believe that online sales in general have a long growth runway in South Africa, supported by high energy costs and the general state of South African roads. Shopping from your smartphone or PC is appealing. And of course, the entry of Amazon into our market is only going to make online shopping even more popular. I've been having many discussions online and offline about lab-grown diamonds versus mined diamonds. The jury is still out on this one, with my view being that lab-grown is not a fad. I believe that it will take a meaty amount of market share, with De Beers and Friends having to reposition mined diamonds as being a genuine luxury product, a la Louis Vuitton. It's hard to predict disruption, but I have felt this way for a while now, and the numbers at De Beers are not proving me wrong just yet. Cycle 9 sales were just $80 million, which is way down on $454 million in the equivalent cycle last year. It's also quite a bit lower than $200 million in cycle 8 of this year, so the cadence is not good. Macroeconomic conditions are not helping here, creating a perfect storm for mined diamonds because a cheaper alternative has gone mainstream at exactly the same time that consumers are desperately looking for ways to save money. And that's a wrap. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Ghost Rap podcast should be taken as advice. Please do your own research and visit ghostmail.co.za for more insights into the market.